Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the latest edition of Pirates Talk presented by Jag One Physical Therapy. I'm Matt Laughlin. It's so hard to figure out this Seton Hall basketball team. Just when it looks like they might have found some answers, as they did against St. John's, they get blown out on the road at Creighton. Last night's game was over after the first 10 minutes, as the Blue Jays rolled to an 83-61 victory on Tuesday night. Maybe it's simply the competition level. St. John's is not very good, while Creighton, which is finally at full strength, is among the best teams in the Big East. But the Pirates went toe-to-toe with Xavier a short while ago, and though they lost, they gave one of the conference's best teams a run for their money. As head coach Shaheen Holloway said last night in his post-game radio interview with Dave Popkin and Kim Adams, I'm disappointed in our effort, disappointed in our sense of urgency, and disappointed in our consistency. He went on, there's no reason to come out like that. We looked like a tired team and we shouldn't be. We got enough rest. It's disappointing because we had an opportunity to gain on what we did the other day, meaning St. John's, and to come here and lay an egg is very disappointing. I'm very, very, very disappointed. If the coach is left scratching his head, well... Anyway, joining me on the show to discuss the Pirates, who they are, what they are, and what they realistically may attain is longtime college basketball observer Zach Brazilla of the New York Post, who will share his thoughts right after this message from Jag One Physical Therapy. A proud sponsor of Seton Hall Athletics, Jag One Physical Therapy gets you back to the life you love. Voted the number one physical therapy company based on first-class patient care and outcomes, Jag One Physical Therapy is invested in your full recovery. Your preferred in-network rehabilitation provider, Jag One Physical Therapy, has convenient locations throughout New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. For more information and to find a location near you, visit www.jagonept.com. Zach Braziller, thank you so much for joining me once again on Pirates Talk. How have things been with you? Doing okay. Busy, obviously. Um, you know, uh, bouncing around, doing a lot of St. John's, Knicks, even some college football. So, you know, doing doing all right here. Uh, you know, uh, what do they say about a rolling stone? It gathers no moss. You keep busy and, <laughs> and keep rolling, right? Plus, you're keeping an eye on, on the Mets, I know, as well. Of course, always, always. <laughs> we'll see what Uncle Steve delivers uh, the rest of uh, this offseason and see if they can straighten out the Correa thing. But anyway, this is not Mets talk. This is Pirates talk. And so we'll talk about Seton Hall. We'll talk a little bit of, about the Big East and just want to get your overarching view of what's happening at Seton Hall and then kind of drill down to some of the details. Yeah, I mean, look, it, I picked this team to make the NIT. In our preview, I, I still think that's probably what's going to happen. They have some really good wins. They have some, you know, ugly losses. Um, you know, Noel Lexus Yetna has clearly hurt this team. I, I don't think there's any doubt about it. Um, but, you know, they still, I still like a lot of what they do. They play really hard defensively for, for the most part. I think Shaw's a really good coach. You know, I think Tyree Samuel's been better. Kadari Richmond lately has been good. Um, Look, they're obviously not talented enough, especially on the road against some of these good teams. Marquette, Creighton, two examples. But I still think this team is going to finish um, around 500 in the league. I still think it's going to be in the postseason. I just think Seton Hall fans just need to adjust expectations. It's the first year of a new coach. Didn't inherit, didn't inherit much. He's got to get his own guys in there. Um, 
you know, you've seen some good things. They, they blow out St. John's. They, they win at Rutgers. They beat Memphis on a neutral court. Those are some very good wins. And then you have the flip side where they, they, they've gotten blown out a few times. They lost a very winnable game at home to Providence, who, that let's be fair, that loss is now looking much better than sure. it did at the time. Um, so, you know, I, I just think St. Hall fans have to accept this is probably not going to be an NCAA tournament team. And, you know, it's just it's going to take some time. But my, my opinion of, of Shah has not changed at all. I still think he's a really, really, really good coach. And I think he's going to do a very good job here. The guy lives and dies with with every possession. It's just they're just not talented enough right now. Yeah, I, you know, I've not seen a coach like that, and and his post game news conferences are so emotional as well. Like he reminds me in a way of like Tom Izzo. Tom's always like oh, straining himself on the sideline, like we're looking for perfection. What's going on here? And uh, you know, they're different personalities, but uh, Shaw does wear his emotion on his sleeve. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I I remember I sat in on a practice. I think it was late, late September. And I was just blown away. It's just how intense he was, you know, in a practice basically. And I, I love, I love Shaw. I think Shaw's a really good coach. I, I do, you know, what he did at St. Peter's don't even forget the, the, the NCAA tournament run, just the fact that, you know, I think one year he finished second in the Mac and you know, that that's just such a tough job. I, I think Shaw's going to be really good. I just, like I said, it, it's going to take time. He's got to get more talent in there. He's got to get more guys that really kind of match it with, with how he wants to play and, and kind of his vision. Um, but yeah, I, I still think this team is going to win a few really, have a few more really good wins here as we go along at home, you know, and, and look, let's see the, the upcoming schedule is soft. You know, they get Butler Saturday night. Um, they have Georgetown coming up. I mean, there's no reason that this team can't be, can't get to, you know, four and three in the league here and win their next few. Yeah. And then after that, they have DePaul part of the soft spot, as you mentioned, and yeah, you win those games and suddenly things aren't as doom and gloom as at times they might appear to some of the fan base. So why do you think there's been, I don't know if I'll call it. Well, Ryan Whalen the other day said, you know, one step up, three steps back. But, you know, I, I saw the St. John's game. I saw what they were able to do in the final 30 minutes and you thought, okay, Step up in class and on the road, and that's a big difference going to Creighton. But boy, just like nothing after the first ten minutes. It was almost like the St. John's game in reverse, and they got blown out. So why this roller coaster up and down? Do you think? You know, I think part of it is look, it's it's a lot of new players. They brought in a ton of transfers. They really had no other choice but to do that. And you know, I think that's part of it. You you have a lot of guys new to the Big East. That's that's obviously part of it. And look, I know the Creighton overall resume might not be great. They've had, they really had some struggles, especially when the big kid was out. But I still think Creighton's really good. I, I really do. Um, I think Creighton's going to end up finishing top three, four in this league. I think Creighton's an NCAA tournament team. And I think Creighton's going to be a handful for, for teams in the tournament. You know, Creighton's probably going to be like a seven or eight seed, and they're going to be they're going to be really tough. I, I still really like Creighton. You know, this, this, it's still like basically the same team from last year, maybe even more talented than it was last year. And, you know, and at home, they're really tough to play against. Uh, my, my opinion of Creighton really hasn't changed. I, you know, I think that that game to me was more about Creighton and Seattle. Well, that was more about Creighton is really starting to get it going than, you know, Seton Hall was was terrible. If they didn't play well, there's no doubt about it. Winning in this league on the road is really tough, especially against the better teams, whether it's Creighton, Xavier, Marquette, 
UConn, um, you want to throw Villanova and Providence in the mix, you can. I, I, I just, you know, would it surprise me if Seton Hall beats Creighton or plays them really tough in Newark? It wouldn't. Yeah, and, and you're right. Uh, with Kalkbrenner back in the lineup and, and, you know, good health now for that team finally coming around, they are vastly different. Another year more experience in that place is is very hard to win. Big East, yeah, on the road in general, hard to win. But uh, at Omaha, it's particularly difficult. What have been some, from your standpoint, some of the surprises, either way, good or bad, from Seton Hall? What you might have expected from some players, what you've delivered. You talked about some improvement in some. Uh, overall, good, bad, as you see it here early in January. You know, I, I've always been a Kadari guy. I, I, you know, I know him a little bit from his days in high school in Brooklyn at South Shore. He was a top 100 recruit. Um, he's never really put it together. I have liked, uh, what I've seen from him of late. Um, you know, I feel like he's been, he's definitely been better. You know, he, he's not, he's still, to me, he should be one of the top 10 players in the league. He's got all the physical attributes. He's got the ability. Um, it's just consistency. And I, I do like the kind of the direction he's headed. Um, I think Samuel has been better. You know, he's been more consistent. He's another guy that's really never put it together. Um, I think I, I you know, I, I expected more from Dawes. He's been way too inconsistent. I, I thought Dawes would be a very good player for them, and they need more from him. They need more consistency. They need more of what he gave them against St. John's. Like, again, I don't think you can minimize the Yetna issue. They, you know, it's put way too much pressure on Samuel. They really... Yet not having yet, there's been an absolute killer. I, I, I don't think you can disagree with that. You know, one issue is they really don't have a rim protector. I, I, mm -hmm. I know, uh, you know, they do have a few guys with block shots, but they don't really have that true rim protector, which is something this program has had, you know, whether it's Obiago, whether it's Romaro Gill, um, you know, it, that's been a major issue for them on defense is not having that you know, is that true rib protector? That's really something they need to get, whether it's in the portal or, or as a recruit, they need someone that that's going to, that's going to anchor the back line of that defense. Um, you know, I, I've liked the two Davis brothers. I, I think they're both, they're both good, especially the, the, the transfer from Louisville. He's really helped them. He's tough. You know, I think those are the kind of guys that Shaw that Shaw's going to look to bring in really tough, hard nosed two way players. Um, you know, that that's, that's clearly um, something that he wants to kind of model his his program around. Yeah, it's going to start on defense. It's going to start with toughness, and that's that's a Shaheen Holloway type player. What are you hearing about Alexis Yetna? They they've basically been saying, or at least the word is, sometime this month. Is that optimistic? Is that accurate? Yeah, I, that's what I you know that's what I've heard. You know, late late January is you know is a prognosis. I just. I just don't know what you can expect from him. He, he hasn't played in so long. You know, the knee issue obviously is, isn't great. You know, it, it's, it's a tough spot. You know, I, he's going to need a few weeks to really get his legs underneath him. Grant, you know, and this makes, this is as long as he's healthy too. You know, we, mm -hmm. we don't know how healthy he's going to be. Is he just going to come back and say like, look, I'm 60%, but I, I can play on it. Is he, is he okay? Um, I don't, you know, I just don't know how fair it is and what how much you can really expect from the guy who hasn't played for so long. But they clearly need him. I mean, there's no question about it. They're they're not a great rebounding team. He would clearly help them a ton. Uh, I thought he was good last year until he kind of ran out of gas there late in the season. 
Uh, he's a guy who can score in the post. They clearly, clearly need him. They are a different team with them. Uh, they're, as you said, clearly uh, a need there. They have no inside presence, really. Tyree Samuels is a front to, facing the basket guy, not a back to the basket guy, and they just don't rebound. They, they don't have size. And last night, and I, you know, I try to give full credit and understand that we're talking about 20, 21, 22 year old, 23 year old young men. But, you know, unfortunately, Trey Jackson just couldn't handle Kalkbrenner. Not that a lot of people can. Uh, but the game changed dramatically when he had to come in and face him. And next thing you know, uh, Creighton goes on this enormous run. So, yeah, they, they need some physical presence down low and, and, and maybe yet no, we'll be able to provide him. We wish him uh, good health for sure. So where is the Big East overall? We're just underway conference play. What, what are you expecting this year? What are some surprises for you? Or are there any surprises at this point? Oh, no, there are. Um, Providence has been a huge surprise for me. I, I did not think they would be this good, especially not this early in the year. They have so many new guys. You know, Bryce Hopkins has been f- absolutely phenomenal. They've they've been terrific. I mean, Ed Cooley's really working magic. I I thought they would take a step back here. I didn't think this would be a tournament team. To me, they clearly look like one. And then Marquette, you know, Marquette was picked ninth, and Shock is doing a great job. I saw them against St. John's last night. They have a they have a million different options. Guys who can really shoot the three. Tyler Colex, a, a fantastic point guard. Cam Jones, I love, even though he didn't really have a have a have a have a big game. Prosper really killed St. John's. They're they're a lot of fun to watch. You know, they they go up and down. They they are really good offensively. They get after it defensively, although they really don't have a have a true something that is going to hurt them against certain teams. Even last night, Joel Soriano had 22 and 13 on them. So, you know, those are my two biggest surprises. I think you could kind of include Creighton where people thought Creighton was a borderline one or two seed. And that's obviously not going to happen. They had a, they had a huge slump, especially without Kalkbrenner. They are starting to get it going now. You know, I think the league is looking at five teams in the tournament, which when you, after you consider just how, how disappointing the non-conference was, is not the end of the world. It, it, five teams in a down year would would be to me a you know a, 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 a would be a win you know you, you obviously have UConn which I think is the heavy favorite to be the one seed in the East region um, you have Xavier which has been terrific under Sean Miller Creighton Marquette and Providence I still don't think Villanova is out Justin Moore is practicing he's scrimmaging which is a uh, Obviously a great sign, and I'm very surprised by that when you consider he tore his Achilles last March. If they can get him back at even 50 or 60%, that makes such a big difference. They obviously have a ton of work to do, but I wouldn't just say they're, they have no shot. But right now, I think it's a five-team, you know, I think it's five teams. And look, UConn could be a one-seed. Xavier is looking like a possible three- or four-seed. Marquette could be in that five-six range, you know. So the league, I think, is probably in better shape now than maybe we would have thought a month or six weeks ago. And you have some look like they could be second weekend teams, which would be a, you know, a good thing for the league. Yeah, absolutely. Can't be the the top of the world all the time, but that would be in a down year. If you can get five in and maybe sneak a sixth in, I mean, that would be fantastic. What, what do you see in Nova? What's the difference with Jay Wright, not on the sidelines, new man in charge. And it's hard to tell with the injury, uh, as you mentioned. Yeah. I mean, look, they don't have a point guard that, I mean, they're playing Chris, Chris RD. I'm not going to forget the last name, but they're playing, they're playing Chris. Uh, you should probably do the last name for me. 
and he's you know they're they're probably he's got way his role is bigger than it probably should be and they look they they don't really have a point guard they look you know it's hard to to replace what they lost with Gillespie and Samuels and you know a new coach obviously and I think Kyle Neff is going to be a very good coach but it like like shot it's going to take time and it it's not going to happen overnight I do think this team is getting better they really should have beat Marquette at home uh, uh, on Saturday they, they they didn't get it done they had a lead and that that obviously was a loss that really hurts them. That was a quad one opportunity, but I, I still think this team is is going to be fine in the long run. I I, I think Kyle's going to do a good job. You know, everyone I talk to and you know have from getting to know him a little at Fordham thinks he's going to be a very good coach. It's just you know he's replacing a legend. It's it's not easy. Um, you know, they're but to me their biggest issues is point guard. There's no doubt about it. They just. They don't have that guy. You go from Gillespie, who was one of the best point guards in the country, to not really having anyone there. It's 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 hard to it's hard to just kind of pick up where you left off when that happens. Yeah, Archie Diacono uh, is the player we were both looking for. Yeah, right. Uh, it's uh, it's yeah, it's it sometimes is a tough name to throw out there. But that name's been around that campus for like a hundred years, it seems, in in one form or another. I want to just circle back to St. John's, and then we'll wrap things up on a Seton Hall note. What is what's happening there with the Red Storm? They're they are not defending. You know, I mean, I think they have more than enough talent to be a tournament team, but they're just they're just not defending. They allowed last night ninety six points in regulation. That's the most points ever allowed in the history of Carnesecca Arena Alumni Hall, which opened in nineteen sixty one. They're just they're not guarding now. Part of it's the style they they love they scramble they gamble on defense and at this level that leads to a lot of open shots. And when you're not getting live ball turnovers for them, it, it, it really hurts. They're just, they're just not a very connected team. And that that's the best way to put it. You know, they'll have stretches. They play well. You saw it. They played 10 really good minutes against Seton Hall, played 10 really good minutes against Villanova. They played 20 really good minutes against Marquette. But when a team makes a run on them, it, it's like they have a glass draw. They just, they just don't respond to it well. And you saw that last night against Marquette. We've seen it against basically every good team they've played. These teams go on these huge runs. You know, last night it was 16-2 Marquette at, at the start of the second half. And it's hard to win games when you're getting outscored in five, six-minute stretches by 14, 15 points. It's just it's hard to recover from. And that's been their biggest issue is just not handling a punch. You know, the overall defense is just not good. They're, you know, they they just gamble too much. They're, you know, they're just not a, they're just not disciplined. They they take a lot of bad shots on offense. They 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 miss assignments on defense. And you know, in the in the Big East, where margins are so thin, it's it's hard to win like that. Uh, last night, uh, Andre Corbello was not available for, uh, I think, quote, not uh, adhering to team standards. Unquote. Is this a, a one-time deal, one-game deal? What do you know? Um, that remains to be seen. You know, he um. From what I understand, it was uh, him and Mike Aaron are not really seeing eye to eye. You know that that there that there's a differing of opinion, and you know, and and that's really what happened there. And now Corbella was actually in the building, kind of incognito in a hooded sweatshirt. And I saw him post game talking to the athletic director Mike Craig. It's you know he he hasn't played well. The team hasn't played well. It's just it's just not a good situation right now. As for whether he'll play Saturday against Providence, I, I don't. I don't know that a decision has yet been made on that. I talked to someone close to him who said he's not planning on leaving the program. That was before the game. Um, so we'll kind of see how things work out from there. 
something that bears monitoring indeed. So just getting back to Seton Hall to wrap things up, Shaheen has said, you know, this team is still trying to get to know each other. And, you know, I know at the beginning of the year during practice because of injuries, sometimes he was down to six scholarship players. So there's some value in what he is saying, but how long does it take for a team to get to know each other? I mean, look, every team is different. I I mean, I, you've seen teams just find it all of a sudden in February. You've seen teams just never really find it. Um, You know, I, I do, I do think, a lot of this is just they don't have enough talent. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's a big part of it. A night like last night, you know, these good offensive teams are going to score points. You know, you, you're not shutting down Xavier in its building. You're not shutting down Marquette in its building. You're not shutting down Creighton in its building. Nine times out of ten, it's just it's just not going to happen. These teams are really good, and Seton Hall really struggles to score the ball. And you let a team like Creighton get going, it's going to be a rough night. I mean, I. Like I said, though, I still think this team is going to win win its fair share of games. I still think it's going to finish around 500 in the big in the Big East. I think they have a shot, you know, to finish somewhere between six to eight in the league. Uh, I'm not ready to say this this is going to kind of snowball fall apart. I think these next three games are huge for them. It's a soft part of the schedule. They've got to take advantage and they've got to they've got to handle business here and kind of start feeling good about themselves. Well, the beauty of what we do is we get to watch it unfold in front of us. Zach, thanks very much for your time. Hey, my pleasure, man. Anytime. And that will do it for this edition of Pirates Talk, presented by Jag One Physical Therapy. Thanks to Zach Braziller for joining me on the show. You can read Zach's work in the New York Post or on its online outlet. And you can follow him on Twitter at at NYP underscore Brazil, B-R-A-Z-I-L-L-E. I don't know where the Pirates will wind up this year. Shaheen Holloway continues to say that the team is still getting to know one another. When that happens is anyone's guess at this point. But I will say that the next three games should help in that identity process. Butler at home on Saturday, followed by road games against Georgetown and DePaul. Yes, all three are winnable. But those teams are thinking, hey, we can get right against Seton Hall. So we'll see. Pirates Talk is available wherever you subscribe to podcasts. I invite you to rate the show, leave a comment. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks, as always, to Pat Christensen, the sound engineer of today's show and the writer and performer of the Pirates Talk theme, whose help is invaluable in the production of the show. And thanks to you, as always, for your company. It's very much appreciated. I'm Matt Laughlin. Until next time, be safe, be well, and go Pirates! Go Pirates!